Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And week one of the NFL season officially in the books here. Some teams better weeks than others. No names will be mentioned. The Lurs had a good week, baby. Suck on that, Atlanta. (laughs) The Lurs had a great week. Um, and other teams did not. We'll move on from that. Um, did you watch that Monday night game? Did yes. The whole thing. Yeah, I did. Uh, freaking bonkers. Because we were recording Campus Life, and, yeah. and I stayed up after to watch it. Yeah. Jeez, it was it was an awesome game. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, that ending was crazy. I when, <laughs> yeah when uh, I thought they had it, and then when they held him up at the goal line, there I was like, wow. The best part about it was that everything is like one of those things where you're in a bar with your buddy and you like smack him and you're like, dude, watch, this is about to happen. And then like, you know, he's, he's good. Dude, they're going to return this. And then they do. And then he's like, dude, they're going to get, they're going to get picked off on the goal line. And then they do. And then you're like, dude, like they're going to turn it back. Like it was just, it, it was amazing uh, back yeah. and forth. It, it was one of the more fun football games I've watched in a while. I had a lot of fun watching the Steelers game this week too. Not going to lie, but yeah, but that was for different reasons. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a, what a way to kick off Monday night football. Um, yeah, that was great, but, uh, we'll kind of uh, makes you kind of makes you wish John Madden was still alive for that game, huh? <laughs> or still uh, commentating or whatever. I don't know if he's still alive or not. Uh, dude hasn't been seen in public in like 20 years. So I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I don't know if he's still alive either. There's a, a uh, I'm in a league at work and, uh, the one, uh, lady who works there, her team's name, her team name is Madden's mommy. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> so Wikipedia says that he's alive. So um, good for him. Whatever that's worth. How Wikipedia has never misled me. He was born in 1936. So what, 84, 85? Yeah, 84, 85. Man. Whew. With modern science, that's you know, that's basically a teenager. Yeah. Well, John's, I mean, John's got a lot of years. The first so. person who's going to be live to be 150 years old has already been born. Calm down, Will Ferrell. No, that's uh, that's he say? Rob Lowe from uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, he says it on um, he's uh, what is Will Ferrell? It's one of those movies. He's like, I don't think it's ridiculous that I can be like one fifty, two hundred. Is it Talladega Nights? I don't remember. Step Brothers. It might be Talladega. Nights. I don't know. It's one of those. I don't know. We're we're rewatching. Uh, my girlfriend and I are rewatching Parks and Rec, so that's why I had that one locked and loaded. Don't like that one. I we're totally going to go down and just a we huge, are a huge place. We do not want to go down if we start talking right, about parks. Right. We and yeah, we don't need to. Yeah, um, we don't need to go that far down. I don't understand why you don't like it. I love that one, um, but we'll. Uh, none none of the, the characters show. are exciting in that show at all, and I've made it like three seasons in. I can't think of a single character that I found endearing when I watched that show. Not a single one. I love Ron and Andy. They're my two favorites. You would say that, you simpleton. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we go too that far down a rabbit hole here, um, <laughs> this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Forrest, Dynasty Vipers, Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And uh, week one here, chock full of news this week. A lot of injuries. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick out for eight weeks after electing, approximately eight weeks, after electing to not have surgery here. Uh, Is he 
somebody that is worth hanging on to here? I mean, he's kind of at the end of his career at this point. Do you think he gets another shot somewhere? Ryan Fitzpatrick is the roaches can only be killed by a nuclear holocaust of of football. Um, you, yes, he's worth hanging on to because you can't get rid of him. It's we, how how many times have we said is it worth hanging on to Ryan Fitzpatrick? And sure enough, six months later, he's popped up on a new team and he's the starter. I, I I he's the kind of guy where he costs so like minimal each time you acquire him that he's worth just you just leave him on your team and whatever happens happens really really yeah no that's that's fair so do you think he gets his job back at this point in in Washington or so I saw more of a play for next year I saw one of the doctor people on Twitter saying that they suspect because he's he's not getting surgery they're just going with kind of the rehab at first that that that's generally not super successful I forget which one of the the doctor people it was um so I actually don't really have an expectation that he comes back um I have a lot of Tyler Hanky stashed places so um I'm fine with it I guess but I I don't I don't know if there's going to be a noticeable difference really yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing with Fitzpatrick is Fitzpatrick just, he's never seen a throw that he doesn't like. Um, Hinky's got a little bit of gunslinger to him. You know, he's not afraid to throw the ball around, but I mean, he's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so very few are majestic, <laughs> majestic man. Um, so I don't think it really does too much to any of the, uh, you know, fantasy pieces there. Um, is there any player that you think gets impacted at all? Maybe Logan Thomas is the only one I could think of. I don't think so. I mean, that that offense, I don't think that like the the breadth of weapons was that enormous. You know, McKissick was an opportunity guy last year with with Gibson banged up and, and some of these other guys down. I think it's still gonna be Terry as one as option one. And right. then I think it's kind of gonna be some combination of Logan Thomas uh and um um, Antonio Gibson for now when Curtis Samuel comes back he'll probably fit into there I think it'll be hard to guess uh, from a passing perspective which of those guys is the is the two each week um, but I don't think there's anybody outside of those like, I like Yami Brown long term I don't think he's a short term play at all um, I, I really don't think you should be banking on him at all this season uh, do you have a favorite guy out of that secondary group Um. yeah I mean I like Logan Thomas but that's just because the tight end is so such a wasteland um after like the top couple guys there but i mean it, it worries me about his consistency moving forward you know i think he's going to be a little bit more td dependent um maybe but i think just the nature of tight end most tight ends are are, tight, are, are td dependent i mean that's <clears> really except for darren kelsey and, and darren waller who got peppered <laughs> with targets last week <laughs> yeah um that's a fair point um so with um Taylor Henneke, are you? So you said you have a lot of him places there. Um, is he somebody that you are um, you looking to hang on to, or are you looking to flip him right now for any value you can get? I actually, so when I draft a lot of the time, especially in startups, I only take two quarterbacks because I think the value is not necessarily always there. Um, so, so I usually take two, and then I'm fine with stashing early in the offseason, like Jameis or hanky or, or some of these guys that i thought could maybe break out later or, or get on the field later um so i'm happy with him just as my third quarterback now on those teams um and that's probably what i'll do with him unless someone just blows me away with an offer but i seriously seriously doubt that's gonna happen 
yeah, that's fair. I think he's he's definitely a fine third quarterback. Um, so the the next bit of news here: Odell Beckham Jr. misses Week One and is going to be out Week Two. Still out with that knee injury. Um, does this affect your long term thoughts on OBJ at all? I mean, obviously his value hurts for this year. There were no rumors leading up to this that that he was going to be out long. Like a couple weeks ago, he was thought to be good to go, right? Did I miss yeah. something? As far as I know, he was supposed to be like ready to play. This is baffling to me, and I don't know if – and I didn't follow their preseason at all. Uh, I don't even follow Pittsburgh's preseason. Like I just don't give a shit about it. Um did he did he touch the field at all in preseason, or were they basically just saying like he's good to go? Like I, I honestly just don't know. This is this is kind of weird, uh, a little perplexing, especially when you see all these guys come back from ACL stuff so quickly. Now I feel like he's had ample time compared to a lot of other players that have had you know, similar injuries. Right, and I, I don't think you can. Uh, ACLs come back, you know, a lot of them come back in like nine months now, but I, I still think the year is about an expectation for him or, or for, for players or should be the expectation for players. If they beat that, great. If they're behind that, then it's maybe time to potentially be a little bit concerned. But I am a little bit worried about Odell Beckham for the long term as well because he is, I think, what, 28 now, I believe, right? Um, so he's he's got to be at least that you know, yeah he's hitting that he's hitting that age apex um you know to, to coin a, a roto underworld term there um he's hitting that age apex there so if he's not going to help you win now do you really want him on your dynasty squad i, I don't know how cheap is he i That's haven't tried to acquire point. him anywhere i mean maybe he's so cheap that it's just worth it no matter what i i, I really don't know actually um but. That's a fair point. I haven't tried to acquire him either, and I, I honestly I don't intend to either. Wow, be that way. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on Odell. I, it also wouldn't surprise me if this is kind of like a he wants out of Cleveland. Like we kind of heard those rumblings, so it wouldn't surprise me if there was something a little bit like that going on behind the scenes. Maybe. Would you want to stay in Cleveland? No, I was I was near Cleveland uh, when we were out in Canton, and that was enough for me. <laughs> The smell was no. I've actually heard it's kind of a cool, like upcoming city. I don't really know. I've actually never been. Um, so don't don't hate me, Clevelanders. Um, I actually don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I suspect. I suspect it exceeds its reputation, much like I think when people come to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh definitely exceeds its reputation. People still yeah. think of it as like its seventies self. I have a feeling Cleveland's probably very similar. I would say that probably most of the Rust Belt cities are like that, or like those, like those, you know, as you enter the mid, the Midwest. Uh, but Buffalo is still a crap hole, so um, <laughs> that's not entirely accurate. As someone who's been to Buffalo many times, it's not a great city. Um, so, sorry, Buffalo people. I, I don't hate the city; well, it's just not a nice place. Before you piss off another fan base, uh, it's just we'll it's just the New York fan bases, apparently. Just the, just the, all of those. So the Jets, the Giants, and and now Buffalo. Yeah, I'm good. Um, the next injury news there, Jerry Judy uh, ends up on IR here with a ankle injury, what they were initially calling a high ankle sprain. I haven't seen it coined as anything else, or I haven't seen them call it anything else, but um, he's looking to be out about 10 weeks, uh, which is a real shame because he was off to a, a pretty hot start there. Um, you know, he went, I think it was five for 72 uh, and then goes down. Um, short term, 
do we like this better for Sutton? Do we like it better for Fant? Do we like it for both of them? Um, I think you would have to assume that Sutton gets gets it going. He really didn't do very much this week. I was actually really surprised. I saw Judy went down, and I said, "Well, that means Sutton probably had to, you know, in the second half caught caught a handful of balls and, and really didn't." Um, I think it probably helps both of them, but I actually you you put that down. I I think it helps one of like Hamler or Patrick. Because I think we already assumed that Sutton was going to be a, you know, uh, somewhere from like wide receiver 15 on the year to like 25 or 30. Like he was in that range somewhere. I don't think it was this elevates him really anything beyond that. Uh, Fant, I think, was always kind of the the tight end after those top four or five where you start talking about him. Uh, so I'm not sure how much more that can raise his ceiling. But I think Hamler and Patrick, two guys, especially Patrick, that was really written off this offseason, um, I, I think it benefits one of those guys and if i had to put money on it i would probably bet tim patrick i think he's a little more reliable uh but also kind of similar to Cortland sutton yeah i think patrick will be a little more reliable too hamler's a little more reliant on the big play he kind of always has been um you know he'll put up like a three four eighty and a touchdown kind of a line but I, i don't expect a lot of consistency out of him but uh, yeah, for, for Patrick, I mean, is he a guy that you are willing to start in a pinch now in a deeper league? Probably, yeah. Um, I, I would think about it depending on the matchup um, and um, whatever else I have have going on that week. Um, yeah, I, I would think about it. I, I, I can't really imagine ever being comfortable starting Hamler, which right. seems weird since they're kind of in the same situation here. But there's just something about KJ Hamler. Like I, I wasn't he's that big on state. Is that what it is? Oh yeah. He's poopy then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I never really loved him as a prospect and he flashes, but he also does enough dumb or you know, incorrect stuff that just makes me think like, no, I don't think that ever really becomes a thing. Yeah. And I believe he has little baby hands too. You know, him and me, we should get together. <laughs> me, KJ, I, me have small hand too. Let's get together. Um, and just, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on it. This doesn't do anything for Jerry Judy long term for you, right? No, but he, his playing style, he strikes me as the kind of guy that maybe you, he probably doesn't play as well through it. Like, I think, you know, you really have to wait for that to heal up uh, uh, for him a little bit, um, which is a bummer. Cause yeah, like you said, he, he started off really, really hot. And I think that he, I think that he has every chance to be at the end of this year, be viewed similarly to like a Justin Jefferson or CD lamb in that class. Still. I I really thought that he could have that kind of a year. Um, And and now I'm not so sure. Yeah. I I mean, I know he's not statistically going to have that season, but yes. Yeah, I I did too. Um, So he's maybe a guy that I'll, I'll float some offers out in like, you know, two, three weeks uh, after he's like kind of store, it's taken up a spot on somebody's bench and some, you know, the best part the best part about having a lot of terrible teams like I do is that I can, I I'm rebuilding. So I, I need to go get him now. So That's fair. Um, the perks of being bad at fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, moving on here. Uh, Raheem Mostert, a guy that I, I liked this year, uh, a guy that I thought could have a, a potentially big year compared to, you know, where he was going just kind of being written off. Everybody was uh, on, you know, Trey Sermon and everybody was on some of the other running backs there that kind of forgot about Mostert like three or four carries into the game. And he is hurt. He is out for the year after having knee surgery. So chalk up a big L for Colin after one week. 
um, because I believe I touted him as a guy to go get or a guy who could, um, you know, help win you a lead. But Elijah Mitchell, rookie out of UL, um, big day. Uh, He has 112 yards on the ground. Looks like the guy who's going to – he was the guy who stepped up and got the bulk of the carries there. Um, is Elijah Mitchell somebody that you're intrigued by going forward, or are you kind of scared off by this committee approach? I don't know that I'm intrigued or not intrigued. I didn't put in a single bid for him across any of my leagues because I knew that I wasn't going to spend enough to get him, so I just didn't even bother. Um, I think I'm not interested at the at what his price was. Um, I don't know why. We do this literally every year with their offense. First off, is this like Raheem Mostert? Oh, we thought he was going to beat this guy this year, but then he went down with an injury. Like, what year is it? <laughs> we do this every single year with him there. Um, they just have a stable of running backs. And I think if any of us have learned anything from this, is that like over the past few years, I, we don't trust a running back in that offense to ever actually truly take the job. They'll, they'll have a big week here or there. And then they just, then it's nothing again i so that's why I, I like i would never again would never be comfortable starting elijah mitchell in a bajillion years really you're not you wouldn't no. start him this week you're not comfortable with that fuck no he's gonna put up like four points it's <laughs> okay. literally literally I, I i can i i can guarantee it do you have a charity i'll make a charity bet with you this <laughs> this dude doesn't go over like 50 yards and gets like seven touches like that's just what they do in san francisco <laughs> I don't have a charity, actually. but You heard it here first here, folks. Colin hates charity. Yeah. More at 11. <laughs> no, yeah, I am. Uh, I hate handouts. Um, definitely a... Uh, just stop talking, we'll please. Just, yeah, we'll just, just we'll shut we'll up, please. Shut we'll up. move on from there. Um, Trey Sermon inactive um, this week as well. Everybody was kind of expecting him to have the Elijah Mitchell role. Surprising inactive at the last minute here. Um, does that impact your long-term view of Trey Sermon after w- just one week? No, because I was never on the Trey Sermon train. Like he, him and Michael Carter were both just obvious fades at ADP. Um, and I think he's still a fade at ADP. You'll have two weeks. So get a calendar out or whatever and throw some darts at it and whatever Sunday it lands on, pick that Sunday. But um, no, it's just Keyshawn Vaughn all over again. Talent over opportunity, people. Anybody that talked themselves into Trey Sermon being an uber talent fooled themselves. Leave the tape watching to somebody else. It's not for that's, you. It's not for you. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't really have him anywhere either just because of the price tag. Um, I do conversely have a lot of Elijah Mitchell just because price tag, and I usually take a cheaper rookie in the situation. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell I do have in a couple of different places here. So I'm like you. I will actually be possibly starting him in at least one league um i haven't set my lineups yet should probably do that i don't really have anybody in the giants um in washington game so i wasn't too worried about it but uh after setting my lineups i'll probably have him in at least one i set all my lineups this afternoon it took forever <laughs> it, it it's really an undertaking to be i've got four different websites and you know just MFL doesn't keep all my teams on the drop down anymore. I got to go onto a separate screen to find them all. It's it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. Wait, whole thing. Too many leagues. Fantrax, MFL, Flea Flicker, Sleeper, Flea and I have one on ESPN. I've got five different platforms. I have uh, I have six because I have one on Yahoo as well. Look at this loser. Is that your shaved head league? It is. Yes. Uh, chalked up a big win that one. Uh, beat Evan. Um, 
week one here, put up the most points actually. So, because uh, I, I had um, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, or no, I didn't have Dak Dak in that one. I had Brady. Um, All right, no. Brandon Ayuk, his role in San Francisco. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to San Francisco, another guy in San Francisco. Here we got Brandon Ayuk. Um, Shanahan quoted this week saying uh, as to why he didn't play in this much. He's got he as in Ayuk has a better person behind him this year in training camp uh, with Ayuk missing some time and how well Trent Sherfield played. And especially with Ayuk missing time heading into that game, it wasn't a very tough decision to play Sheffield Sherfield more. Uh, we're going to rotate them throughout the game. We were going to rotate them throughout the game. Trent ended up having 29 plays. Ayuk had 25. That was about how we expected to go. We want to split time like that. Are you kind of worried about his role now? After hearing that comment, um, not necessarily. Um, I think it just, it, I like. I, I think the the talk around him got a little out of hand this off season. A little bit. A little bit. Like uh, he's not a bummer or anything, but I think there were people ready to, um, you know, bump him up into that top tier. When I think it, he's not quite proven that he's there yet. Um, that that again, that San Francisco offense is so hard. Like they will game plan for the week, and they, you know, this week was a Debo week. Next week will probably be a Kittle week for some reason, and then the week after that, they'll probably run a lot of Trey Lance or something, and he'll have like 150. Like it just does something every week, and you never really know what it's going to be. It's basically New England West in terms of you just don't know who to start there. I wish they had a reliable quarterback so that you could just feel comfortable plugging and playing them. They don't have that right now. Um, so I trench the thing about Trent Sherfield is he doesn't that, that does he doesn't worry me. Like that that is not a scary opposition for Brandon AU. Do what do you what do you think about Sherfield? Um uh, Sherfield doesn't really worry me, but the fact that they didn't play Ayuk does worry me. Because San Francisco just feels like the type of team that doesn't really care that much about draft capital, you know? Yeah, they spent a first on him last year. But I feel like it, they're just going to play whoever the best player is, um, you know. So I, I just I feel like Shanahan's the type of guy who's not going to care about that. So you may have a couple other weeks here where he's just completely irrelevant. Um, so I am a little bit worried about him. I was never really buying him because, like you said, of his price tag. The hype got a little out of control. I was definitely more in on Debo because he seemed to be forgotten about in that offense. Um, are you looking to buy the opportunity here with Ayuk? Or are you kind of getting out if you have? Yeah, I think you, I think you should buy. I mean, he's he's a very talented player. I don't think there's a worry of him being, um, you know, Dante Pettist. So <laughs> if we can turn that into a an, an adjective or whatever or, or whatever that, that like I I don't think that 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 is uh, what's happening here. Um, so so I, I I mean if if someone's selling him, sure, yeah, go buy him. I uh, I don't think that's a bad move at all. Yeah, the thing is, I feel like anybody who has him at this point is probably a believer, so they're probably not selling this week. But, you know, with another week like last week, maybe another two weeks, that might create the buying window you're looking for. I've never played in a dynasty league where people are selling after one week, and I see people get these crazy panic trades online all the time, on Twitter and stuff all the time, and I'm like, where, who are you playing with? I, like, I Maybe in redraft, but I never see that kind of stuff in dynasty. I don't know. I don't either. And we're in two home dynasty leagues too. Yeah. Those so guys like... are dipshits and they don't do that. <laughs> um, Especially the right. commish. <laughs> that commish is lost. In which one? 
<laughs> oh. The one that you're the commission. <laughs> oh, because like, you're the commission. The other one. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't. I mean, Michael Gallup injured this week. He's also on IR. Um, you know that that kind of hurts there too. Uh, is there anybody? That you'd like to step into his role, or are we just kind of stock up for CD and, and Amari Cooper? It's probably CD Amari Cooper. You have to figure that that Zeke is not pass blocking most weeks as much as he was this week. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that Cowboys offense later. That offense is just ridiculous. Um, you know, that Tampa Bay defense is good, and they put together several drives last week that made them look not good. <laughs> like just drove down the field, basically got whatever they wanted. Uh, Cooper and Lamb is such a cheat code. Dak, Dak looked ready. Yeah, he he really really did. Uh, there did not really look like he was scared at all to be out there. Uh, that offense. I mean, maybe Cedric Wilson. I mean, he's the guy that steps in. Probably does some go to the tight ends? Maybe Jarwin or Schultz. I, I really don't know. I think it's just it it bumps Cooper and and Lamb up a little bit. Yeah, I think they just move up in your weekly rankings now. And, you know, I don't have any questions about starting them either week, any week moving forward now. Not that I really did before, but now they're just solidified as I think both wide receiver ones. Yeah, it's definitely, it's more than possible. I mean, we've seen multiple offenses in the past decade or so have two wide receiver ones. I think for fantasy, I think they can do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up the news here. Uh, most of these shows here for now that it's in season, we're going to kind of keep the same structure here. Um, so next segment here, we're going to talk about just kind of the week in review. Um, so what is one player who impressed you the most this week, or they have you know one of the biggest stock ups for you after just one week? Yeah, I think a guy that I was really skeptical on uh, was Mike Williams. <gasps> yeah. It's a double shock because I'm I'm saying that you were right on something and I was shocked on Mike Williams. Yeah, um, they've <laughs> said nice, for nice. they've said for years, like, you know, we want to get him more involved. He's going to get more targets and he never does. They've really used him as a deep guy only. Um, and they they used him in, in more of a variety of ways. They, he was not just running goes on the on the on the left side of the field. Um, and I think you kind of saw what he can do. Uh, 12 targets on the game. And I think that he's not going to get 12 every game, but that's a high volume passing offense. I think I saw that even uh, are their their new play caller, um, whoever it, it's the guy from the Saints, right? Is their offense coordinator? He, yeah, I can't remember his name. even in neutral uh, game script situations, is still passes 60% of the time. So that's great news for Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all of these guys. Um, I think that that Mike Williams is going to have a pretty nice year if a he stays healthy, which has always kind of been a big ask for him. And well, and then b that the offensive line stays healthy because that offensive line looked good, like competent for the first time in a long time. But the Chargers, as we know, by like week three, are calling you and me to ask if we can come in to play offensive line for them. They just always get decimated. So if they if their line can stay healthy and Mike Williams can stay healthy, I think he's in for a pretty nice year. Yeah, I. I, you know, I would be lying if I said I saw that uh, performance, that exact performance coming this week. Um, you know, 12 targets definitely exceeded what I was expecting. He was a wide receiver 16 on the week and half point PPR. Um, so, you know, hopefully uh, a lot of weeks like that coming forward because, you know, I, I need all the hits that I can get. 
I started uh, him like I have a lot of him just I've acquired him slowly over the years not because I think he's I was waiting for a breakout he was he was literally always like oh yeah you want to throw in Mike Williams like sure why not yeah and I have a lot of Mike Williams so I felt really good um, about that yeah he's yeah I have I have him in a decent amount of places as well because um, I was buying him this offseason but uh, I think the stock up for me here is just the rookie wide receivers um, that were taken in the first round. You know, uh, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, um, all finish inside the top 30 uh, at wide receiver this week. Um, Devonta or Jamar Chase had uh, 18.4 fantasy points to wide receiver 14, half point PPR. Devonta Smith, 16.1, um, tied for the wide receiver 20. And uh, Jalen Waddle, 14.1, you know, he got into the end zone there. So uh, rookie wide receivers starting out kind of hot here early, uh, you know, and I think that these were all guys that we liked. We liked all these prospects. Uh, and I think that they're in situations where we can kind of expect more of this moving forward. Um, Devonta Smith seems to really be like the guy there in that offense uh, in terms of receiving. Um, Jamar Chase, you know, for all of the hoopla in the offseason here, about him not being able to separate looked just fine when he put Pat Pete in a blender. Um, then that one play, shout out Jeff Pat Galileo for that tweet. Did you see that one that got highlighted mm -hmm. on ESPN? Mm -hmm. um, and then Jalen Waddle was my favorite of the crew. He had the worst week, but still a pretty solid week there. Um, so I think we can expect more of this moving forward. Yeah, I don't think any of the the scenarios that played out for them were were unrealistic to to follow up. There wasn't, you know an abnormal amount of targets or some blown coverage or something like that. Um, so I, I think all of them have basically did what we thought they would. Uh, Terrace Marshall was the only one that disappointed actually a little bit. I put him in my, my touchdown parlay for the week mm. just cause I was like, I could totally see him getting like a, you know, one catch, but it's in the red zone and he gets a touchdown out of it. Um, and I don't even know if he registered a stat or not, but I'm not sure. I, I know he didn't do anything significant. Yeah. So um, he's the only guy that really disappointed me this week. I put Najee in my touchdown parlay. Me that too. One hurt. That one hurt. I didn't think he'd get a ton of yardage. I thought he would score though. Same. Um, but apparently, it's, it was all our you know our special teams. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody that you would want ever. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of guys who kind of disappointed us here, who's one player that disappointed you this week, or you know, stock down here after week one? Oh, the entire Titans defense. I just kept checking in on that game offense. and being sh or sorry, offense. I just kept checking in with that game and being shocked that they they did nothing statistically. Um Julio had what like one or two catches. Uh AJ Brown had a touchdown which saved his day, but was otherwise very quiet. Derrick Henry really never got going. That offensive line pretty much got blown up by the Cardinals D line. Um Tannehill didn't look great. Like that whole offense just was was poopy. So I think it's back to the drawing board there for them. I I think most people expect that that offense to be pretty complete this year. Um, they didn't lose a lot. They lost Jonu, and that was really it. So um, we will see moving forward if they can right that ship. But it definitely surprised me and disappointed me um, as somebody that has a lot of Julio and a lot of A.J. Brown. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that too. I mean, their offensive line just kind of looked like a sieve. I think that was kind of what hurt them. I mean, Chandler Jones just went insane. Um, start, I started him in an IDP league. He put up 59 points for me. 
Yeah, was, that's he had what five sacks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, five sacks. I think he had a forced fumble too. Like, yeah, he just insane week. So I mean, I think uh, Taylor Lewan is probably you know going to look better than that most weeks. I would think so. Hopefully that offense, the offensive line can get a little bit better, and then you know it can save some of the value of those pieces because. Yeah, that was um, definitely a concerning performance against a, a team where we kind of expected that to be a game where the Titans could win. Yeah, I, I definitely thought uh, maybe Arizona's a little better than we thought they were going to be this year. I mean, I still think that game should have been close. Right. You know, regardless of how good or bad Arizona was expected to be. And it, it really was not. Yeah. Um, another team that, you know, just really did not look nearly as good as we thought they were going to disappointed all around was the Packers. And that is my, uh, that's my disappointment here for the week. Just everybody in that offense, uh, Aaron Rodgers throws for 133 yards and two picks. Uh, Aaron Jones gets five carries the same amount as Kylan Hill. And, you know, um, Kylan Hill was there, had five carries for 14 yards, Dylan four for 19. Um, just pretty atrocious all around Devonte Adams five for 56. So, you know, if you, if you, 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 I know you started him, if you have him, you know, that's not the worst you could see, but that's certainly not what you expect out of Devonte Adams. Um, that whole team just looked lost uh, all game. Um, uh, the saints, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team, but I didn't expect their defense to kind of perplex the Packers like that there. I just, uh, I, I don't think that's something that's going to be that we're going to have to worry about moving forward. I think they're going to right the ship. I don't think it's a long-term concern, but uh, definitely a huge disappointment in week one. Yeah, um, that was actually I, I did not watch that game for for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why uh, I, I didn't tune in, uh, but definitely disappointing. Um, I think I saw that they showed during the game that he had the, that Rodgers threw like five picks all last year. And he'd thrown two and three attempts or something like that on, on yep. Saturday um, or on Sunday. So you, there's got to be, be, be better days ahead there. We That means you know that Devontae Adams is going to go for like 250 yards and three touchdowns this weekend. That's just what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And especially Rodgers after his, you know, he, he said not to freak out. It's it's just one week kind of a deal. He had that whole relaxed thing a couple of years ago, and then they went on a tear. Um so yeah, I think this offense is is still going to be good moving forward. Um, but the biggest concern for me though is Aaron Jones and that backfield split. Um, they only had 15 carries total, and it was split five, five, and four. And then Randall Cobb had one. Um, is that something you think is gonna was just kind of a product of game script and them getting down and blown out, or are you worried about Aaron Jones' workload? Man, he they better not mess around with his workload this is literally the first year i've ever invested in any aaron jones ever <laughs> that would be so annoying if finally that he was just poopy <laughs> i i mean i they just didn't it was a weird game script and they didn't really do anything that i they generally do like it just wasn't it didn't look like what a typical packers offensive attack would look like so i i'm not taking that much away from that game but it definitely disappointed me yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of a gross game all around. Um, but um, what was one big surprise here for you this week, good or bad? One big surprise. David Montgomery 
looked surprisingly decent for the Bears. Um, you know, not uh, 16 carries, 108 yards, a touchdown, you know, only one catch. Um, but he just looked a little quicker than I thought he has in the past. I, I don't know if he's he's lost some weight or um, or, or what he was doing this offseason, but I, I thought he looked better than he normally does as a guy that has never really been a big David Montgomery fan. Um, I think that he, and we'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It's really hard to base off of one game, but we thought that the Rams would be a pretty decent run, run defense. So, and you would have thought they would not be scared of their pass attack. Um, so I, 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 I really don't know, but that he surprised me quite a bit and in a good way. Yeah. He's a guy that I was pretty off this year, to be honest with you. I don't really have him anywhere. Um, I wasn't really looking to get him. wasn't really looking to acquire him. Um, for the same reasons that you were. I mean, you know, he just, he looked more like a plotter before. He was pretty volume dependent, but he looked spry. Uh, there was one really nice run that he had. He broke it. I think it was ended up going for like 25 or 30 yards um, where he was like kind of outrunning some guys there. Um, you know, ends up getting pushed out of bounds, but broke off a nice chunk. And that's just not something that we, that I was really expecting from him too, especially against the Rams, like you said. So yeah, I was, I was surprised by him as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue it. Right? With all yeah. with all these all these week one things, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Um, so we will see. You mean I can't victory lap Mike Williams after one week? You can try, but I'll shut you down. Um, well, one big surprise for me here, and uh, you know, it's a game that I watched in its entirety. Um, it was the Falcons. Uh, they throw for thirty five times in the game. And Ridley only gets eight targets. He had three catches on the first drive and, you know, looked like, all right, here we go. Uh, and then he has two catches the rest of the game. Um, you know, I think that was something that really surprised me that they just, they fed him early. It worked. And then they just got away from him. Uh, I think it's something that they're going to go back to doing. I think they're going to go back to featuring him. So I'm not panicked on Ridley. I'm not really panicked on the Falcons offense either. They are going to have better days ahead of them. Um, but it just really surprised me that they just stopped feeding Ridley. Yeah, I looked at that first drive. I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. Ridley, here's his 200 to 200 targets going here, and then nothing the rest of the game. Is Matt Ryan washed, Colin? Is that, a, or let's put it, is that a legitimate question at this point in time? Yeah, that's a legitimate question. Uh, I think he is the type of quarterback that could still get you to the playoffs and he, you know, in, in the right team, I, the Falcons are not going to the playoffs, um, you know, on the right team in the right situation, he could get you to the playoffs, probably even still get you to a super bowl. I don't think he's totally washed, but gone are the days where he can, I think, lead a team to victory on a regular occasion, you know, with these big fourth quarter comebacks that we've gotten used to over his career. Uh, you know, he'll still have some games this year where he'll probably throw for 300, 50 yards but then i think he'll also have games where he's just under 200 yards um that's kind of the nature you get with matt ryan and i don't think he's completely washed yet but there's a reason i wanted us to draft a quarterback this offseason especially when so many good ones were available this draft is going to go down as an all-timer for people that just clearly could sit at home on their couch and go wow that was stupid yeah <laughs> And I think that is certainly going to be one of them. The Justin Fields saga will be one of them. Whatever the Giants did with Kadarius Tony will be one of them. There's just there's so many of those this year where you're just like, I, I, this is just so obviously not an intelligent decision. 
yeah, I I completely agree. And I, I I like Kyle Pitts. He's a great prospect, but just was not the right decision for the Falcons, I don't think. Um, but we're not uh, we're not worried about Pitts at all, right? No, I mean they got him involved a good amount. They were they were using him all over the field. Um, he even got you know he, he looked fine as a blocker on the on the snaps where they actually played him in line. Um, so I'm not really worried about him moving forward. I, I don't think he was ever really going to live up to the lofty expectations that put on him that people put on him this year. But that's just the nature of being a rookie tight end. Um, I think he's still going to have a tight end one year. Uh, he just probably won't live up quite to the draft capital capital for this year. But moving forward, yeah, I, I still think he's a he's a top five dynasty tight end. How dare you, sir? Tight end one or bust? It doesn't matter that Darren Waller got forty targets. <laughs> They're still targeted. Matt, Travis Matt, Kelsey did Travis Kelsey things. They, they, they Carr is still throwing to, to Darren Waller right now. It is Thursday night, nine forty one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Darren Waller just got another target. Uh, all right. Well, looking ahead to this week here, um, you know, we we cater to C2C leagues, uh, which are definitely deeper on the college side, but they tend to be a little bit deeper on the pro side as well. Um, you know, different starting requirements for everybody's league. But, uh, you know, we'll look a little bit deeper here. What's one under the radar start for you this week? Um, and just putting a caveat on that, uh, they have to be outside the top 10 at QB or tight end uh, or outside the top 24 at wide receiver RB. And we're going to, we just use fantasy pros weekly rankings. You're welcome. I cheated. I cheated on this so bad. (laughs) That quarterback line is way too high. We'll have to discuss this moving forward. Cause Matt, Matt Stafford on my sheet uh, that I copied, like, and I put my notes on, I did change it to 12. Okay. Um, I just forgot to change it on the, the shared sheet. Gotcha. Okay. So then I cheated because Matt Stafford is QB 11. He is yeah, right outside that. And I don't know how, so what, I think this, this can prompt a different, slightly different discussion though. How long until these projection, you know, like, like fantasy pros that kind of uh, put together a bunch of expert rankings or whatever those are worth uh, versus uh, how some of these platforms project the uh, fantasy points moving forward. How long do they take to adjust to the fact that Matt Stafford is legitimately going to probably put up close to 30 points per game? Do they be- four weeks, five weeks? Like last week was just the beginning. Yeah. His, yeah. his first game there. And he had there what 34 fantasy points, I believe in normal quarterback scoring. Yeah. I think this, I, I don't know if 30 points a game is, is what we're going to see, but yeah, I think we're going to see, a lot of passing from him. I think we're going to see his best, probably his best fantasy finish um, that he's had in his career. And I, I do think that's a good pick being outside the top 10. I should have moved the line on the sheet. So they, welcome. They have everything a quarterback could want there from a, from a production standpoint. They have a elite field stretcher and Deshaun Jackson. They have, Apparently, they want to stretch the field with Van Jefferson as well, who had that nice deep catch <laughs> yeah. this past week. So you've got two guys that can do that. You've got Cooper Cup, extremely reliable in the slot. You have Robert Woods, who's just extremely versatile. You can use him in a number of different ways. You have Tyler Higby at tight end, and we know Stafford likes the tight end at times. They have Daryl Henderson, who can catch the ball. I mean, they they just have at every position a guy that maybe isn't a top five guy or a top 10 guy or whatever in terms of just being a wide receiver but 
it doesn't matter because they're just perfect for their roles. That offense is just going to just going to be humming a humming all, all season. I truly believe that. I think somebody on the show said months ago that they would that Stafford was probably going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this year and he could compete for that top spot. And I really think that's possible. I really, really do. Yeah, I, I don't know who said that on the show, but um, some idiot. Yeah, that, looking like that could definitely be possible. Uh, my start on uh, my under the radar start of the week here is uh, also a quarterback. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they get Jacksonville. Jacksonville just got carved up by Tyrod Taylor and whatever weapons they were trotting out there beyond Brandon Cooks, Danny Amendola, Pharaoh Brown at tight end. You know, that offense, not a good offense, yet they just looked they, they did whatever they wanted against Jacksonville um Tyrod threw for 291 yards and two touchdowns and yes Jerry Judy uh did get hurt but like we talked about a little bit earlier they still have very solid weapons there Sutton and Fant um and one of Hamler and Patrick or you know maybe even both of them in, in various roles um I, I do think they're likely to run the ball a, a decent amount um, they did have 28 carries last week combined um, between Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. Um, I think Javante Williams is going to have a nice week this week too, but Jacksonville did, did hold Houston's running backs um, to 120 yards on 37 carries. And 120 yards doesn't sound good, but I mean, they were running the ball all, like all game. They got up big early and they just kind of tried to stall the clock away with Mark Ingram. You know, 37 carries, <laughs> that that yards per uh, attempt there, it's like 3.3, I believe. Um, so they are likely to run the ball there, but Jacksonville's run defense looked decent. And I think before the game gets out of hand, we can see a really big day out of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm wondering how much of that that split on the, 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 the average yards per carry was just because it was obvious rushing situation for most of the game. It could um, be, but I do so. like their linebacking core. The Jaguars? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Steelers just got their best one, so I don't know. I don't know. Didn't we just get Scobert? Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think um, he was their best linebacker. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, I'm joking, people. I'm joking. <laughs> That's why I was a little confused. Um, no, I mean, I, I think their linebacking core is, is decent there. Um, but, yeah, I think that it definitely could be part of that, but I do think that the uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater could have a really nice day before this game gets out of hand here. Um, but moving into things that we think will happen, uh, give me one prediction here for you. Uh, you could really go any way you want with this, you know, season long, week long, fantasy, gambling. I said you want to hit the stock market, go for it. Yeah, let me open up my my New York Times here. No, um, so I think I actually chose this one because I think it it can lead to a a broader discussion. We talked a little bit about the Cowboys earlier, so here's a prediction for you. And this is um, based on what we saw week one, based on the fact that they just lost uh, Demarcus Lawrence probably for the year with a broken foot in practice this week. That defense is not very good. Dak Prescott, write this down, everybody. Dak Prescott in 17 games will finish the season closer to 6,000 yards 
than he will to 5,000 yards. So over 5,500 yards on the season for Dak Prescott. He threw for 400 this week in one of the tougher defensive matchups that they will play. They will be in shootouts most of the season. He has weapons. There, there is no shortage of that there for them. He's on pace right now. I mean, obviously, I, I get, you know, you can't make a pace off of one game. But 400 yards week one puts him on 6,800 yards pace. There is a lot of wiggle room there. I think we'll get at least one more 400-yard game out of him, possibly a couple. I, I think 5,500 yards is easily in his wheelhouse. And I almost went really bold and said he gets 6,000, but I, I was not quite ready to do that. No, I like that. I, I like that a lot. Uh, the extra game does does play a little bit of factor into that. One it's an extra, you know, for a quarterback like him, it's an extra 275 to 325 yards, basically guaranteed. Yeah. Assuming that he plays all 17. Yeah. So, I mean, you add that into whatever you thought he was going to do before. And I don't even think it's bold. I like, you know what? Fuck it. He's <laughs> going to throw for 6,000 yards this year. There's a there's my prediction. I'm going to get really, really bold. No, no lukewarm takes this week uh, for me. No lukewarm take of the week on this show for Austin. I like it. Um, my prediction here, I just stuck with a one-weeker. Um, I think Keenan Allen finishes as the wide receiver one this week. Um, you know, they get the Cowboys. Probably going to be a shootout. Uh, you know, we just saw what the Bucks receivers did. And we also saw Trayvon Diggs look pretty solid. He kind of shut Mike Evans down. Um I think that Trayvon Diggs is – I didn't see him specifically shadowing Evans, so I don't know if he's just going to shadow one wide receiver. Um, but if he doesn't, he'll play on the outside. He'll get a lot of, uh, he'll get a lot of Mike Williams, and that's going to free up Keenan Allen. Uh, I think Keenan Allen's going to have a huge day here. Like you touched on, uh, they throw in neutral situations. They've been, you know, they threw for around 60% of the time. And I think this is going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a close game. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be a lot of neutral situation. So I think he's going to have a huge, huge day. Yeah, I misunderstood what you wrote when you wrote that. <laughs> you wrote, Keenan Allen's going to be the wide receiver one. I was like, oh, cool. Season long projections. Yes, I yeah. can do that. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I think he's a threat to be the wide receiver one every week. I don't know that Diggs shadowed Evans either, but he, he every time it seemed like he was making a play it was when he was on evans yeah um so that's a whole nother story but evans really didn't look very good and it didn't seem like brady was overly enthusiastic about throwing in his direction why would you be when you have gronk running wide open over the middle ab was just separating it easy at godwin wide open there's zero reason to force it to mike evans when you have those other scenarios going on it's going to be a long year for mike evans i think I think so too, um, which that can, that can be a discussion we have maybe after this week, after we see how this goes. Um, but uh, finishing up here, this is a C2C pod. You know, we, we like to, we like to look to the future. Um, so we are going to highlight one notable performance from a player in the class of 2022. It's going to be good or bad. Um, so I'll kick this one over to you here first. Who, what's one notable performance? for the class of 2022. I put a, a little Twitter thread out on this earlier um, and actually meant to talk about it on Debbie debate last night, um, but just totally um, forgot to do that. Uh, my player is Wandell Robinson, wide receiver for Kentucky. 
Uh, he's been on Debbie radars for a while. He was a pretty highly thought of prospect. Uh, he's from the Kentucky area, originally went to Nebraska, was there for a year or two. It was fine there. I think we kind of soured, not soured, but we cooled on him a little bit, uh, mostly because of his usage, which I'll talk about here in a second. Uh, but he's had two huge weeks here for for Kentucky. Um, he's, he is just absolutely crushing it right now. Um, through two games uh, of the season, Kentucky's only played twice. He has uh, three, three carries for 73 yards on the ground. He's pretty versatile. Then he has 10 catches, 226 yards, two touchdowns. And, and here is why I think more than any other player in college football, he has answered all or most of the questions that we had about him. The last few years at Nebraska, he has basically been used as a rusher or an extension of the run game. There were games last season in 2020 as a true sophomore. They said he's not going to be a running back anymore this year. We, we, we used him a lot as a running back as a freshman. And then he had games of 16 carries, seven carries, eight carries, seven carries, six carries. He only played like nine games last year. I mean, they really used him as a running back. And then when they used him in the passing game, his ADOT was only 6.2. He was basically just, you know, they could if they couldn't run the ball anymore with him, they would just line him up in the backfield and then just swing him out and toss him the ball. That was basically their entire offense the past two years while he was there. At Kentucky this year, he's got 16 targets through two games. His A dot, though, 6.2 last year, 3.3 as a freshman, which is worse than a lot of running backs. <laughs> this year, his A dot is 14.8. They are using him in a variety of ways. They're using him downfield. They are lining him up in the slots uh, about equal to what they've done. They did every year at Nebraska. But the difference is that this year, if he's not in the slot, which he's there about 72% of the time, the other 28%, he is outside as opposed to at Nebraska when he was lining up about 15% of the time in the backfield. He has not done that a single time this year. And so it is just allowing him to open up his route tree more to show that he is more diverse than just a gadget type guy. He's averaging 5.26 yards per route run right now. He's just been extremely dynamic. I think at this point, he's a day two draft pick for sure. If he comes out 5'10, 185 ish, I think his floor is Curtis Samuel as a, as a pro. And I think he can be even better than that. Um, so I, I'm, I've been really, it's been really fun to watch him flourish in a place that actually wants to use him correctly. Um, and so I think anybody that was patient with him will be rewarded and he could certainly be a, a late, if you're you know a dynasty league, a late first round pick and rookie drafts. Yeah, I like that. I like that call a lot. Um, I think Curtis Samuel's a great floor for him. Um, I think when he was at Nebraska, that's kind of the player that we were comparing him to, but like you touched on, he's answering a lot of questions there at Kentucky. Um, they're using him outside more. I, I still think he'll be, you know, a slot guy in the NFL, but, you know, he's showing that he can, you know, he's more than a gadget guy. He is a wide receiver now. Um, and I think he's he's going to blow up the combine. Uh, team's going to fall in love with him, looking at day two draft capital, uh, where we may not necessarily have been, been looking at that before. Yeah, I think top 50 pick is definitely – possible for him especially in a class that's not necessarily loaded at wide receiver yeah um so my guy here uh is a guy that it's kind of been banged up here off and on um and i don't necessarily know how much of an nfl prospect he is at this point in time but he is the leading receiver here in college 
323 yards um, on 13 catches through two games, um, averaging 24.8 yards per catch. Um, but he has an average under than 15 and average under than 15 yards per catch in his entire career so far. And that's Eric Ezekanma from Texas Tech. Um, he started out, he's on fire. Uh, and he currently has a domi- weighted dominator rating of 76%, which is just absolutely insane. Um, but last year, he had a weighted dominator rating of uh, 28.9%. So he almost hit that 30% threshold that you were looking for. So it's not like this is a total flash in the pan. Uh, he's 6'3", 220. Uh, so he's more just a big body guy. He's probably just going to kind of be a guy on the outside there. But he's a guy that I'm starting to take a little bit more seriously. wasn't really on my radar much. Um, I mean, I, you know, it was more for CFF, but if he can keep up these kind of performances, he's a guy that'll be uh, intrigued by, you know, he's a guy that you could look at maybe in uh, probably go day three of the draft, but you look at him in round three, round four. Uh, and he's a guy that could exceed some expectations, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that he can certainly do that. I'm surprised he was able to come back so quick this off season or this season. Uh, he had a, what an elbow injury, I believe in their spring game or, or in practice or whatever there. And I thought it sounded like they were not overly optimistic about him being, uh, his full self, but it looks like he is that offense is actually fairly surprising. I know this is the NFL side, so I'm trying not to get that deep into it. Uh, a guy that I've really been falling in love with the more and more I, I, I look at him is Taj Brooks, their second year running back there. Um, he looks like he's gotten, he's gotten uh, a little more trim this off season. Like he had some, it looked like he had some bad weight last year as a true freshman. Uh, but he thought he caught 13 balls last year. Uh, he he's capable in the past game. And when he gets the ball in his hands for a guy that's like five ten to 10 to 15 ish, uh, he looks like he was shot out of a cannon. He really, really does. He has really nice burst. I, I haven't. Like Brandon Thomas, I haven't seen enough of him as a processor yet to know exactly what his feel is for the running back position. But here's just a bonus name for everybody. You're welcome. You're welcome. I do what I can from time to time. Uh, Taj Brooks, second-year running back there at Texas Tech, I think is a a name to watch in in that loaded running back class. And he might be there for four years. Who knows? But Yeah, he feels like he's probably a a four-year kind of a guy. But, uh, you know, with um, Sir Roger Thompson not – out there right now battling through injury he's really stepped up really i think he's well. i i think he's better than sir Roderick thompson is right now i think there'll, there'll be a split there but i have a hard time seeing brooks seeding a majority of the work to thompson when he comes back yeah. i'm good all right well that is going to do it here for us tonight um uh, just a reminder you know we don't we don't say it often but uh just you know rate and review the show uh if you like us definitely definitely rate and review it we always do some giveaways here and there and you know the way to get entered is just to rate and review um so go on uh, apple apple uh apple podcast is that what it is now it's not itunes anymore i don't i'm not an apple guy i'm a samsung guy it, it whatever the little purple icon that's on your iphone that you probably click on a bajillion times a week that Hit one that rate and review um helps us out uh but also tune in on saturday mornings here for the tailgate uh, we coming to you at 10 a.m. Um, first hour, uh, mostly fantasy football, um, fantasy football slant there. Second hour, mostly uh, betting, DFS slant, some injury news sprinkled in. Saturday night after the big game uh, is going to be the Coast to Coast. Uh, 
stay tuned on Twitter for when that exactly is going to be going live. It'll probably be uh, around 10 30, 11 o'clock ish, depending on when the game wraps up. Man, also, it was, it was so late last week, but I think that game lasted for forever. Like I was sitting there like, yeah. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you expect from Washington, Michigan? Ugh. Uh, I had to watch that game and it took forever. Just a double, double whammy. Yeah. Which, um, which game are you guys going after this week? It's not Penn state Auburn, is it? Cause no, that's a three thirty kickoff. I think, um, no, I'd have to look kickoff. That's like the eight thirty one. Is it? Oh, then that's probably the game we're going after. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's the night game. Oh, I um, thought it was an early kickoff. I don't know why I thought white out in happy Valley, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, be sure to tune into the other uh, C2C family of pods. We got Debbie Debate, uh, Why Wait Till Sunday, uh, Fantasy Roundtable, and the Three and Out Pod. Um, that one's a little bit more betting focused for those of you out there looking for some tips and picks. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for our early week show, Campus Life. But until next time, I'm Colin. I'm Austin. And have a good one. Thank you.